I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everyone and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it and tell your friends as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I chat dinner parties with a woman who could quite easily be nicknamed Wonder Woman, a qualified doctor, author of two cookbooks, and an inspirational lifestyle figure challenging media and brands on fatty diets and fruitless health myths. She has turned her once blog, The Food Medic, into a media platform encompassing books, a website, and her own podcast. Welcome, Dr. Hazel Wallace. Thank you. That was such a nice welcome. (laughs) I think it's good. It's good. So rarely do we kind of introduce I mean you wouldn't introduce yourself as that do you know what I mean I think it's nice to have someone else do that and list those things um, down (laughs) also just to just to make it clear you are you are an actual doctor yes yeah an actual medical doctor actual medical doctor (laughs) who actually works in hospital yes I still get asked that question quite a lot on Instagram when I kind of share like the odd story of me working like in scrubs or something and someone's like you're actually a doctor <laughs> so it makes me think do lots of people go around saying they're doctors and they're not really <laughs> I think it's I think it's probably just because it's incredible to manage both that kind of it's I don't know what's cool it not influencer but like media mm. lifestyle and and be a doctor yeah. it's impressive because it's mm. it's pressurizing as well it is pressurizing and I think when I started Instagram at the time I almost fell into it like a happy accident yeah. and I was a student probably had a bit more time on my hands today I'm like whoa it's a lot (laughs) it's a lot lot. so was it a childhood dream to be a doctor um I would say that I didn't really think about becoming a doctor until my late teens actually in the early early days um I funny enough wanted to be a cook like in my in my little diaries I've written that down either that or an astronaut I couldn't really decide um but when I was 14 I lost my dad to a stroke and it was really experiencing that that I thought well I actually want to be able to help people and and save lives and that was when I really decided to kind of commit my life to becoming a doctor so how old were you then? Like 16, yeah, 17? Yeah, it was around like my 15th birthday that I started to think about it. And it's really funny reflecting on it because I th- never really thought that becoming a doctor was possible for me. No one yeah. in my family was a medic. Um, I, I think growing up, I always thought, men were doctors and women weren't doctors I know which is women were nurses yeah Yeah, I know what you mean um so how times have changed how times have changed and I also didn't really think I was smart enough to do it so 
I, yeah, it was a long journey for me, but it's definitely the right thing for me. I know deep in my soul, it's what I'm meant yeah. to do. Um, you so clearly love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I love learning as well. So I've, I've actually gone back to uni. I'm about to finish my master's and that's in nutrition and public health. Mm. Um, so yeah, I could, I'm a perpetual student. (laughs) (laughs) So your books, your cookbooks definitely have a kind of nutritional element. So when was it that kind of cooking became part of your journey? Because they're very linked for you, that kind of Mm. health and cooking, eating, eating for health. That's a good way of saying it. Absolutely. I think, um, again, stemming back to when I lost my dad, he actually had a stroke when we were having dinner and it was like, I remember what we were having. It was no... I can speak about it now and and not get teary, but we were having spaghetti bolognese and I think sewing like that kind of partnership of those two experiences was really bizarre for me because, Mm. you know, family dinner time is something that's supposed to be really special. And then for a long time it was tarnished for me. And I think I then related food to something that was quite traumatic then. Um, but as time went on, I realized actually food can be really powerful. It can be really healing for uh, lots of reasons. And going through medical school, I was quite astonished that we didn't talk about this part of health. We didn't talk about food. We didn't talk about exercise. We didn't talk about sleep. We were missing out on all these things that people could be doing before they got sick. And so I started the Food Medic blog eight years ago now That's as a very so young, long. I know. Wow, I've known you for eight years. <laughs> It's crazy, crazy. Um, I mean, in the beginning, I wasn't really sure what I was doing. I just knew that I was onto something. And I wanted to be a voice of reasoning amongst all of the nutrition nonsense mm-hmm. that was kind of starting to, to be put out online. And that's really where it started. So I knew when I was writing recipe books, I wanted them to be, first of all, delicious and easy to make, but also have that element of of kind of nutrition and medicine running through them and you love cooking I'm I mean I'm I'm an avid follower of you on social media (laughs) and I always love watching what you're making do you do you like to entertain do you ever have time to entertain I do I love having people around I always have since we were growing up I'd really pressurize my mum into inviting people to have um over for like dinner parties and things like that and even now I live by myself but I made sure to get a big dinner table so that I can entertain and just last week I actually got my mum to help me with this but I've done out my garden so I can so do... nice I've seen your garden <laughs> it's lovely. it was terrible beforehand and I the over the weekend we just painted everything and did out the garden and planted lots of flowers so now I'm hoping I can have some summer garden parties yeah do as well. it because mm. the weather's got better definitely got better now yeah so what's a bit of a signature kind of move for you kind of a signature dish or dishes um, I am a big fan of sharing dishes yeah, I think nice. there's nothing better especially when you've got maybe different friends from different like pockets of your life so you want to get them chatting about different things I think it's nice to share food so Middle Eastern like hummus um, aubergine flatbread Yum. things like that I'm a big fan of a big roasted cauliflower Yum. some tahini Yum, tahini. <laughs> tahini all the way and pudding oh, tahini. yeah pudding all the time oh, I I always go back to kind of like childhood favorites when it comes to this. Yeah. So it's like typically a crumble of some sort, whether it's rhubarb, strawberries, blackberries, Yum. anything. Very seasonal. Very like seasonal. It. Like it. And so you grew up in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Did, so did, so do you, 
but did you do you remember kind of entertaining lots when you were younger that was kind of part of your yeah I didn't leave Ireland until I was 18 and I still go back quite a bit because my mum's still there and my um older sister but um we have a very big family a very big extended family um I think on like on my mum's side she's got 15 brothers and sisters so there's wow. quite a lot of yeah cousins there so do you have to buy them all Christmas presents <laughs> I don't I don't there's a mutual understanding <laughs> there's just too many but it just uh I think growing up there's always been lots of people in the house um and my mum has this or has always had this rule that you always set the table for one extra person just in case so nice. um so I think growing up I've always had that kind of mentality that you kind of always make a little bit extra because you never know who's going to come by the house and all my best friends we'd always congregate at my house it was just kind of like where 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 things happened where things happened what's a bit of a kind of typical irish dinner party thing um potatoes yeah potatoes all the time my mum literally would not make any meal even if it was an italian pasta dish there'd be potatoes on the (laughs) the table um but typically it's um it would be something like some kind of roast of some sort whether it's beef or chicken or lamb um potato farls or something my grandmother used to always make you love and you have a recipe in your book right i do for a sweet potato potato one yeah so what is a potato farl it's essentially just like a potato pancake you kind of it's potato and flour and you cook it just on a pan like a giant piece of gnocchi kind of essentially um but it's served warm with butter and you can have it like um as part of a savoury dish with eggs or you can have it with jam. I remember growing up with butter and jam um, on it. But I'm actually going back to Ireland next again to do a cookery demo and I'm making that on a rhubarb crumble. That's so fun. <laughs> I love it. So you're sticking, sticking, yeah. sticking to the classics. I'm sticking to the classics. I mean, it's slightly unclassic in that I'm using sweet potato and not normal potatoes. Yeah. So my grandmother is probably turning in her grave. <laughs> but I wanted to put my own spin on it. And um, I think it's a bit more millennial with the yeah, sweet yeah. potato there. It's yeah, sweet potatoes in. are definitely in. And I bet it's delicious. Mm. Mm. 
I was going into my next degree and I traveled to New Delhi with my best friend and we were staying with a family there. Um, but on the weekends, we would travel around India and we went to the Taj Mahal one weekend and we had to get this dreadful 13-hour bus from New Delhi God. down to the Taj Mahal and it was horrendous. But we arrived at like 3 a.m. and what people typically tend to do is stay awake for sunrise at the Taj Mahal. We stayed in this hostel and when we arrived, we were absolutely starving. And even though it was 3 a.m., the hosts um, cooked us a full meal, a full curry meal. And we were sitting down with all of these people from all over the world. And they went to get us beer. And where we were staying, it was a you know dry country. So we hadn't had beer in a long Anything, time. And yeah. as, as uni students, we were like, this is amazing. So I remember drinking beer, having a curry at 4 a.m., sitting on the roof, watching the sunrise in the Taj Mahal. Wow. And it was wow. incredible. Yeah. Wow. That's the best experience. Yeah, completely unbeatable. So we're in a time where, I'm sure we can, you can agree, but plant-based eating is definitely on the rise, especially with regards to kind of sustainability and preserving the planet. As, as kind of like a medical professional or also... Or, just someone who eats mm. what's your kind of <laughs> i don't know like approach or kind of you know viewpoint on it on on plant-based eating yeah I think, and eating meat and like where and like what we're eating yeah i think you know people are going plant-based for lots of reasons whether it's ethical or environmental or, or for the perceived health benefits mm-hmm. i think what it comes perceived to health benefits yeah when i when i say perceived i mean they're kind of the people automatically think that it's better for us yeah. and it's I'm not saying that eating more plants is a bad idea it's definitely a good idea but having a plant-based diet can be um it can be really healthy for you but it can also be it can, you can run into a lot of nutritional deficiencies yeah so you have to be in a position of dare I say privilege mm-hmm. to do it really well and um, because you need to supplement with things like vitamin b12 you need to ensure you're getting like lots of well-rounded sources complete proteins by um, mix and matching your grains and things like that so you need to be um kind of educated on what you need and it can be done very well but also for if I take like my typical patient that I see in central London who may come from a lower socioeconomic um kind of status and lower inequality putting them on a plant-based diet would not be the best thing for their health because they'd probably run into a lot of deficiencies if mm-hmm. they couldn't have access to a kitchen, get all of the foods that they need and supplement, blah, blah, blah. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of nuance to it. Yeah. Um, again, like for some people, having lots of plant-based foods in their diet means lots of fiber. It can cause um, gastric upset for some mm-hmm. people. Um, but on the flip side, it also means that you're getting more nutrients, you're getting lots of fiber, you're getting lots of colorful fruits and vegetables, which obviously have lots of benefits so for me I personally don't impose any diet on anyone um I think the debate as to whether an omnivorous diet or a vegan diet's better people are going to argue on both sides I think it depends yeah it really depends it depends on your lifestyle yeah um I definitely encourage people going more plant focused but going totally plant-based I don't think it's necessary from an environmental and from a health perspective I think what what is it that Michael Pollan said eat eat um 
eat plants eat not plants, too much not too much yeah <laughs> eat plants not too much i think i think it's just no it's eat food eat mostly food, plants, mostly plants. <laughs> not too much that, exactly <laughs> i think it's just about being a little bit more plant centric and i mm. in especially in the food space it's so exciting yeah to see it but i think i think when choosing animal products it's it's really about the provenance and kind of where they come from do yeah. you do because I know that you're kind of like flexitarian I mean it's so (laughs) labels are such an awful thing I I often describe myself as like a plant-centric eater yeah um so I just like putting plants at the center of the table rather than always being like a side Mm. um but I think where if you if you have the access to choose kind of good quality that is that that's kind of like a kind of responsibility that we have as kind of consumers yeah I think so and again it comes back to what's available to you and what you can afford um like for me for example at home I probably mostly if if not always veggie yeah purely because I live alone it's almost like cheaper and a bit easier Easier. um but I've just got back from Hong Kong last week and I was eating it nearly all of the time and I'm not going to say no I'm not going to try your amazing uh Peking duck for example so it's it's interesting because I think we almost we can become really pressured into eating a certain way for health reasons or from a social perspective it's like you shouldn't eat that way Mm -hmm. or do you know how damaging that is for the environment yet you know you don't look at other aspects of your life so i think we need to be more compassionate to one another when it comes to eating so a few more silly questions What's your party trick if you had to have a party trick? Hmm. I I don't really have um a party trick per se. I think when it comes to dinner parties, once people find out you're a doctor, questions yeah. always come up about what is the weirdest thing that you've seen. Um people tend to ask you about like their symptoms. Yeah, which I, know. I bet you get that a lot. <laughs> like have a look at this rash and yeah, yeah. That. so I guess that's my party trick is that I tend to be like the the dinner table diagno- diagnostic. Yeah, yeah. Um do you try and keep it separate? Like, I try to. I try it must to... be a bit annoying. It's like you can't leave your work at work at, at work. Yeah. But on the same breath I can talk about the human body for like all all the time yeah um I'm absolutely fascinated by it and I that's why I know that medicine's what I'm meant to be doing what about the worst thing you've ever eaten probably hospital food maybe Mm, probably um like food at school maybe yeah school I mean I actually had really good school food but yeah, yeah I can I can feel that like we didn't really I mean I don't know if it's I know here in the UK, it's more like typical school dinners is, is a thing. Whereas in, in Ireland, you you really brought your lunches. But if you didn't bring your lunch, the only thing available was like um, this these like powdered soups and mm, just a bread roll. So it would be kind of like you'd get this watery soup and it would have like clumps of the powder because it had not been fully. Oh, yeah, yum. Mm, and that was mm-hmm. uh, that. Yeah, that's, they're my <laughs> memories of, of school. <laughs> And what about dinner party catastrophes or even cooking? Because I know that you've you cooked demos, you've written books. I think we always in the kitchen there are always mess ups, which is often why people are afraid to entertain. Mm. What's the kind of like biggest cooking disaster that you've had? <clears throat> or recipe failure? Um I 
in one of my first cookery demos I think when I was first started doing cookery demos I just wanted to impress everyone and do my like most extravagant dishes when I realized a you don't have time for that and b when you're on stage it's very diff- difficult because you want to speak to people sometimes there's a come here like asking you questions um but for me I think one of my very very first times I was doing a, a type of chickpea burger and they didn't have a food processor so I was like oh well I'll Let's use it. it I'll mash it or I'll use a Nutribullet so I tried to mash it first then I put it in the Nutribullet then it got stuck and I was just like there was nothing I could do so I kind of ended up trying to clump it into a burger but the chickpeas were still fully formed and it just kind of fell apart and it was just so disastrous I kind of just mid um demo just kind of laughed it off and I was like this is a disaster and admitted to my own failure and everyone was just like okay whatever (laughs) (laughs) I love it I think we all I think mine have definitely been worse than that um unfortunately so last two questions I always like to kind of ask my guests the same two ending questions who would you have to your kind of ultimate dinner party if you could have anyone alive or dead three people um I would definitely have my dad there um purely because I didn't have him growing up beyond the age of 14 and there's so many questions now even having a business that I'd love to speak to him about um I think Michelle Obama would be incredible to have Amazing. just because I love her book and also everything that she ever does or say yeah she's so interesting and I didn't realize how interesting she was so I think um definitely Michelle and that my third I think um Antonio Carluccio oh cool yes who um is sadly no longer alive um but he was one of the first chefs I met up one of the BBC Good Food shows I've done. So amazing, amazing he, to have met him. What he was so, man. yeah, so nice. Um, and it's so daunting going backstage and seeing all these incredible chefs. But yeah. he was automatically pulled over a stool and made sure that I had lunch with him. Was so lovely about my book, and we had such a good conversation. Um, and yeah, just speaking to him is. I learned so much and and he's just such a humble man so I think he's the reason why we have mozzarella in in this country (laughs) he's kind of responsible for bringing authentic Italian kind of produce over here he's just hilarious I actually after he passed away listened to I think it was the food program that he was on Mm -hmm. and they did kind of like the life of Antonio but he it was an interview with him and uh, sadly by the time it had come out he had passed away by that but listening to him speak and all like all of the women that he'd been in his his life he's just like such a player um but if you have not listened to it like definitely listen back because it just I definitely will oh my goodness I definitely will what would you cook would you cook something Italian I don't think I would because I feel like the pressure yeah um maybe I would I mean my dad made a really mean spaghetti bolognese Mm -hmm. um and that was my favorite with garlic bread I've not had garlic bread in years it's very very 90s isn't I it? I actually did have garlic <laughs> bread the other day it was it was very good it's so good yeah it's um, so good yeah so I that was my favorite meal lots of parmesan cheese on top yum yum <laughs> delicious it's I mean it would be an amazing dinner party thank you so much Hazel no worries it was so great yeah thank you 
hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio 71 production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.